Hello world, it's Siraj and MXNet. It's Amazon's deep learning library. It's right up there with TensorFlow and Cafe as one of the most used deep learning libraries out there. In this video, I'm going to build a very simple neural network using MXNet and I'm going to go over all the different parts of its API so you can see how it works. It's got this imperative API, it's got uh, distributed training done really well, and what we're going to do is talk about its features, compare it to other deep learning frameworks, and then start writing some code in Python in this Jupyter notebook that I've got up. So. An overview of MXNet. It was founded by a couple of universities. Uh, it's, it supports pretty much any type, I mean, it says here CNNs and LSTMs, but you could really make any type of neural network that's been discovered so far with MXNet. Uh, it's scalable, so is TensorFlow, but one thing that it has that TensorFlow does not have is multi-language support, specifically for Scala and for R, and then for a few other languages that we're gonna look at. Uh, it's got a vibrant ecosystem, both in academia and in the industry. We have some examples of companies that are using MXNet right here in this uh, picture right here. Baidu, for example, uh, University of Alberta, NYU, Intel. Uh, and then for its features, I just kind of like screenshotted this from the MXNet website, but it's flexible. I mean, that's just kind of a generic term, let's be real. It's portable, okay, so it runs on CPUs or GPUs. Sounds good so far. Uh, right, we talked about multiple languages. Auto differentiation, what that means is that you can use this to perform gradient descent automatically with a single function call. So does TensorFlow, so does a lot of the other libraries, but it has this. It's distributed on the cloud, so it's actually very easy to distribute your computation, and we're gonna talk about that more so than I would say even TensorFlow. And then performance-wise, it's pretty damn fast. I mean, I've looked on the web and I've seen several uh, performance metrics like from several articles of comparing MXNet's performance versus TensorFlow. And when it comes to bigger, bigger data sets, MXNet tends to outperform TensorFlow. So, which is interesting, you know, because TensorFlow has so much activity on GitHub, like more so than any other deep learning framework, yet MXNet performs better at scale in terms of data sets. Uh, here's this other great um, comparison graph comparing the top you know, seven frameworks to each other based on a, you know, a series of uh, metrics. But then notice how, yeah, MXNet really excels when it comes to multiple GPU support. Uh, that's really the, the, the main thing, and we're gonna go into that in code. If we look at this uh, chart here of AI frameworks and then AI infrastructure, MXNet was really built with AWS in mind. So if you plan on using AWS, MXNet is probably the way to go just because it works so well with AWS. You've got these pre-built AMIs that are machine images that you can just preload into an AWS instance like an EC2 or a GPU instance and then whatever you're running with MXNet just tends to work more often, get less errors than if you're using other frameworks. So then right down to TensorFlow versus MXNet, forget the other frameworks. They're both multi-GPU, MXNet is distributed, TensorFlow is not. Well, this has actually changed. So TensorFlow is also distributed now. However, MXNet makes it easier to do so. They're both mobile friendly. Okay, so now and onto its really its core features that I, that I really like. The first one is the fact that it has an imperative API. Like compared to TensorFlow, it's got this imperative API. So you might be wondering, what are you talking about here? So this is an example of imperative programming, right? Okay, so what we're doing here is imperative programming is a way to say define by run. What that means is we're going to define the 
parts of this computation graph that we're building, like th these are these are two matrices, we multiply them together and then we can add, add other uh, operations to that. So PyTorch is another example of an imperative framework, but then declarative programming is define and run. So we define the variables first, then we run it. The problem is that this is a static computation graph. It can't change over time, right? So you define your variables, your operations, and then you run the program. This means that if you have something like, let's say, let's say a recurrent network, a recurrent network works better with a declarative, uh, with sorry, an imperative uh, programming approach because it's defined during runtime. So any of the newer deep learning models, they use these features that are real time. So you know data is changing in real time. So that's why something like PyTorch works better than TensorFlow because in TensorFlow you define the graph, then you run it. Or with PyTorch or with MXNet, you define the graph and then it can modify itself. It's not a, it's not an immutable graph, it's mutable. So it, it changes over time, which is good for a lot of the newer models. The big con of this is that it's hard to optimize. You know, there were some early on decisions that the TensorFlow team made to say, this is gonna be a, de a declarative language framework. And the reason was because it was just easier to optimize. However, as the deep learning space progressed over time, we found that imperative programming was a better model for these real-time changing models, these stochastic models. Like one example would be variational autoencoders. So then onto the mixed programming paradigm, right? This is an example of how MXNet actually does both. So you can go full imperative if, you, if you'd like, or you could use the symbolic execution, the declarative execution. So you have that option. However, most people, so if you look at MXNet code on, on GitHub, most of it is imperative. So that's it for the explanation. Let's just start coding this thing, right? So uh, I'm gonna go over three different features. I'm gonna go over the ND Array API, I'm gonna go over the Module API, and then I'm going to go over the uh, Symbol API, okay? So these are the three, really the main parts of the, the MXNet framework. So we can install it with this very simple command, sudo. So that installs it, the simple line right here. Make sure you have sudo installed. So the ND Array API is a core data structure for MXNet. It represents a multi-dimensional array, an n-dimensional array. And this, this enables imperative computation. It executes code lazily, allowing it to automatically parallelize multiple operations across the available hardware. So this is good for neural networks because neural networks are operating on n-dimensional data, right? So if you have, a single feature, right? That's one dimension. If you had a second feature, that's two dimensions. If you had a third feature, that's three dimensions. And you can keep going, right? You know, you can have a car's tire length and its speed and its velocity and its shape and all these things, that, you know, so it's a multi-dimensional um, data structure that we're inputting into a neural network. You could think of all of these features as dimensions. And you could just think of a single data points, right? A single car, for example, as a giant matrix, right? Or an, an n-dimensional array. And so the way that uh, MXNet deals with this is it calls it the ND Array API. And so here's an image of a, a handwritten character. If you break it down, it's really just a two-dimensional array of numbers. If you add color to it, then it's a three-dimensional array, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's start coding this so we could see you know, how this works. So what I'll do is I'll create this um, ND array, and I'll say it's gonna have an it's gonna have a two-dimensional uh, data structure. Okay, and so now I can say a.size, six. Okay, so it's got six different um, data points inside of that ND array. I can also say a.shape. So it's a two by three 
ND array object, right? So it's got two data points and inside there are three different data points inside of there. So it's two by three dimensions. Okay, so then we can say, we can even customize the, um, we can customize wh what it holds. So we can say using NumPy as a dependency, which is made for mat matrix math, we can say, uh, let's say we've got that same object, right? So let's just copy and paste that in here. It's that same object. And we're gonna define the data type as NumPy's int32 data type. And then we'll say, well, what is that data type that we just defined? And it's gonna say int32. Now, if we wanna print it, we can say, what is inside of this object? And then it prints it out. Uh, we can also perform a series of matrix operations on it very easily. If I just say, um, let me just copy that back over here. B equals, I'll call it A equals, okay. I'll say B equals A times A. So there's, there's our uh, element-wise matrix multiplication, and then B as NumPy to tell us what's inside of B very easily. And there we go. So if we wanted to do something like a dot product, if we want to do a dot product, then we can say something like, uh, let's say we have the same object here, and then we say B is gonna be the transpose of A, right? Now let's do a dot product. So we're gonna use the ND array APIs dot function using both of our matrices. And then we can say, well, what did we just get using the as numpy function? And it's saying uh, MX, oh, yeah, right, duh, there we go. So we can also define the what we want it to run on. Like we could say we want it to run on the CPU, we want it to run on the GPU, etc. Right. So right now we're just saying CPU, but we can really have it run on you know any type of um, hardware, CPU, GPU, and we can define that right here. And I'll just run that just like that. Okay. So that's it for the ND array API. Now let's talk about the symbol API. Okay. So this is a symbolic graph, right? If you've ever visualize a computation graph using TensorBoard or any of those tools, you'll see that it looks like a graph like this, right? But what's happening are these tensors are flowing through these computation, um, these operators, right? So it's saying, take this data point, take this data point, apply some matrix multiplication to it, and take that output, and then, you know, keep performing all these operations to it. And this is essentially a neural network. It's a computation graph. So. Here's an example of, of, of what this looks like. So instead of doing it the imperative way, we can do it the declarative way, which is very similar, similar to TensorFlow, if we'd like to, right? Uh, so it depends on your use case. If you're doing a static, um, if you're doing a perceptron, a feed-forward neural network, you'd wanna use a static, um, computation graph. If you're doing a recurrent network, an LSTM network, then you'd probably wanna use the imperative uh, style. So this, here's a style for both of them. So let's see what else we can do here. So if we say, um, a, let's just, let's just see what, what's contained inside of these variables. So if we say run, we can see that these are all ND arrays. So we can see everything that's stored inside of them. And E was the result of all of those operations. And there we go, we've got all of that there as well. But what type of uh, variable is E? Well, it's an ND array of an ND array of an ND array, okay? 
three dimensions. So now, um, we'll say, well, what are the arguments to E? Like, what makes up E? So we can use the list arguments function on that. So E consists of A, B, C, and D. And we can say, okay, so now let's um, list the outputs So it, what this says is that E depends on variables A, B, C, and D, that the operation that computes E is a sum, and that E is indeed A, B, plus C, D. And so we can do much more than just plus or minus. We can do multiplication and division and a lot of different operations, but those are the ones that we're doing right here. So now we, if, we, like, if, we, if we wanna bind data to operations, we can do that using a binding, okay? So let's say we've got this data, right? So we've got four different data points. They're all of type in 32. And what we wanna do is we want to bind each ND, ND array to its corresponding symbol. So to do that, we're gonna have to initialize an executor. So an executor is e.bind, we're gonna bind together on the CPU several different variables. A, we're gonna bind the variable A to whatever's in A, A data, and then, hold on, and then B to whatever's in B data. I also wanna bind C, and I also wanna bind D. There we go. So that's our executor. And we can say, well, what's in this executor? And it'll tell us, well, you've got an executor object, great. So now it, we, can, we can let our input data flow through the graph. And the way we're gonna do that is we're gonna say, well, eData is going to, we're gonna, use the ex, we're gonna use the forward function of the executor. And that's gonna forward all that data through that computation graph using the executor as the, the medium to do that. And then we can say, well, what do we got in E now? and then it's got this result, 14. That's the result of all of those computations that we performed. Okay, so the last bit is the module API. Now we can build our neural network, okay? So to build our neural network, we're gonna do this. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna build a neural network that will predict a, cl a class or a category, like 10 different ones, from a sample of 1,000 different data, data points, okay? So these are imaginary data points and we, we can import these directly. So the first thing we're gonna do is obviously import our dependencies and then we're gonna say, oh, we want 1,000 data points. We want 800 of them to be for training. We, have, we want the rest to be for testing. Here's how many features there are gonna be, 10 categories and with a batch size of 10. So every training iteration, we're training our model on 10 different data points every time. Okay, so now we can generate our data set. So to generate our data set, we're going to use the uniform function of uh, the ND Array API. And to do that, uniform, low equals zero, high equals one, shape equals sample count, feature count, <clears throat> and then we can print it out and see what we've just created. And, oh, not MDEX. And so that tells us, okay, you've created a data point. It's, you know, it's, got, it's using this uniform distribution, so it's just generating all these points randomly according to some distribution, and then we have that. And to generate our categories, We'll just iterate through that, uh, this random number generator and say, okay, these are gonna be our categories for each of these integers. 
Then to split our data set into training and testing, we'll split the data. Right, we're gonna use a crop function to crop the data in half, or not, not in half, 80-20. It's gonna be an 80-20 split. Okay, so now we can build the network. So here's what it looks like. It's very similar to Keras or TensorFlow. You're defining this neural network by first initializing it with this data variable. You're saying, well, we want the first layer to be fully connected, right? So a single layer corresponds to a single line. It's got 64 neurons in that layer. So every neuron in the, that layer is gonna be connected to the next layer. We'll add this activation function, relu, or rectified linear unit, a very popular type of activation function. Another fully connected layer, a softmax output, which is essentially an activation function. And then we output the result to this mod uh, variable. Now, uh, we can indeed iter iterate on the data set, 10 samples and 10 labels at a time, and then we're gonna call reset to restore the iterator to its original state. But we have to initialize this iterator, okay? So we need to build an iterator. That's, that's what we have to do so that we can train in batches. That's what iterators are for. So here's our iterator, and it's gonna say, well, train on the X data, the Y data, and with the batch size being batch, which we defined up here, 10, and then we'll say, train the model using this bind function. Here's the optimizer, go for it. And that's it, I already initialized my optimizer before, so it's, it's taking a while, but basically, this runs in like 10 seconds, and then that's it. That's it for the MXNet API. I hope you found this video useful. Please subscribe for more programming videos. And for now, I gotta research some deep learning frameworks. So thanks for watching.